ABF Creator. ABF Creator. We shall overcome. We shall overcome. We shall overcome. This is a very special episode of No Pressure. I just didn't feel right doing another week of this podcast and talking about entrepreneurship, even though I do believe (laughs) economic empowerment is very important for the black community, especially when situations and things like police brutality and police murdering innocent black lives continue to happen in this country. And so I didn't want to talk about business today. You know, we're going to get to business. You know, I had a talk with a few close friends of mine who are really influential in entrepreneurship and culture. And we're thinking about creating, not even thinking about, we've already started to create a group. (laughs) Um, where we're going to address all of those different things, but that's to be talked about at a later time. And, but I wanted to bring on a special uh, group of people. I wanted to bring on more people, but you know, it was so last minute. Uh, We might even do a part two of this conversation, but I brought on my friend Jalen Bledsoe, who is a, a phenomenal entrepreneur, phenomenal mind, phenomenal thinker. Um, And, He is a man of God and we always have the the most productive conversations. And so I wanted to bring him on to talk a little bit about this. And we we even agreed to bring him back to talk more about entrepreneurship at a later time. Uh, But then I also invited Amanda Shepard, who is my girlfriend, (laughs) because I wanted to have another opinion on that wasn't just another male voice and why not bring the intelligent Amanda Shepard on who is a force to be reckoned with in PR and uh, in the sales world um, and teaches me a, a ton of gems um, all the time. <laughs> and so I, uh, you know, bring her on and hear her perspective and uh, I'm upset. I'm upset. I'm going to tell you why I'm upset before I even go into this conversation, before I play it. I'm upset because I just thought about that Maya Angelou quote where she said, you know, when people show you who they are the first time, believe them. And I think we're, I think we're living out that quote. Like we know who these people are. We know what these people are capable of, but we somehow believe we can change their mind or we can change their heart. And I think that's the mistake. I even just learned recently that 
you know, there are even people I serve and praise God with who have remarkable distances um, and opinion on this on this um, topic from me. And I'm even challenging. I'm even at challenge for myself is like, yo, how could you know, how could this be? You know what I mean? And, and that's what this that's what this this situation does. It brings out the true character of men and women. You see it. You see it. It's right there. The silence is loud. And then when they aren't silent, you got to watch the people who who stay quiet, don't have an opinion, don't participate, don't say nothing. But when they find some information that kind of makes them feel good about their bias, they quick to put that out. They quick to post up something. They quick to um, put that opinion out there. And, and you just got to pray for people like that. You know, pray for them, pray, you know, that they somehow see the light, you know, and somehow empathize with what's happening with black people and what's been happening with black people in this country for a very long time. So I won't talk anymore. I'm going to play the roundtable discussion and, you know, We're going to observe a brief moment of silence before we do so. See you next week. Yeah, so listen, man, I I do have a few things. First of all, you know, Jalen, it's a pleasure to have you on No Pressure um, you know, I'm going to introduce my guests. Uh, we might have another guest come into the into the chat a little late in in, in ordinary black people fashion. But <laughs> you ever see somebody come late to a podcast, <laughs> like live on the show? That's hey, going to that be interesting. A, that is for the culture all the way. That that's is for gonna, the culture. That's going to be some real for the culture stuff, man. But um, I want to introduce my guests. You know, first and foremost, uh, we have Jalen Bledsoe. Um, you know, CEO of the Bledsoe Group, um, Wonderkin, like I was saying before, you know, this guy, I met him um, years ago uh, when we were on the set together, actually, you know, filming an AT&T commercial. And so um, I was... I was kind of starstruck a little bit because I seen I seen old boy in the news before. It's like, yo, 15-year-old, 16-year-old kid, millionaire. <laughs> And, and I was just like, oh, ain't that that same kid? And my man oh had my on gosh. some fresh, you had some fresh kicks on. I was like, well, what kind Did of I sneakers? Really? <laughs> I was like, what kind of sneakers? Them joints didn't look regular. Like, I was like, yeah, don't look, don't, don't look regular. But, you know, me, you know, huh. I was just, um, I was just amazing and grateful to, to be, you know, brushing shoulders with, you know, geniuses. So welcome to the to the program, man. I appreciate hey, you. Just let me know who do I write the check to for that amazing introduction. I'll get that out uh, today before the day ends. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah. hey, I, I'm I'm excited to be on. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be a part of the conversation and, and lend my voice where I can. Thank you, man. And you know what? I actually decided to to invite my girlfriend on the show. Come on. Um, but you know, 
she got she got a resume too though. Like it ain't just cause she my you know my girl. You know I don't want nobody to be like oh you know nah you know Amanda Shepard. You know she's on the show. She is um, a marketing genius. Um, you know she spent a lot of years in, in PR, so she knows a lot about messaging. She knows a lot about sales and um, and so you know I think it would be great to to get that that public you know, perception kind of um, perspective on the show. And so, um, Amanda, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. She sound real nice. (laughs) Real polite right now. You know what I mean? Oh, my gosh. On the regular. Now, you know, I thought this was a good conversation to have. You know, I did have other episodes lined up. And and to be honest, Jalen, we probably should have been recorded a, a regular no pressure episode, <laughs> but, <laughs> hey, it's fine, but no pressure. exactly no pressure, but we, 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 but, but, you know, we're here because the, the country has, um, been turned upside down, um, by not only the senseless and racist, um, executions that have been happening, but the people, um, of this country, particularly the black people, us in mm-hmm. this country, um, are fed up. You know, we, we, we feel like we're in a time machine. We went back to 1965 and we're still, you know, getting, um, assassinated and, and by people who are protected by the system. And so it's just, it's just unfair. And so I just wanted to say a few names, you know, that kind of ignited this recent tragedy. Now there are way more names than this. I want to just go ahead and say that, by me saying these three names, by no means am I saying that other names do not count. They 120% um, are the reason why this is going on. But I think the catalysts are the more recent killings of Breonna Taylor, um, Ahmaud Aubrey, and George Floyd. And so um, I just want to start. Let's start with Amanda. You know, um, what you know when when you heard about the George Floyd um killing like you know what what was the what was your first reaction to it what was your first honest reaction to it and and how did and what was yeah like what was your first reaction to it honestly hearing it is such a sad feeling for me um I don't want to say I'm numb to these things because unfortunately, like you mentioned earlier, this is our reality, mm-hmm. but it doesn't take the pain away. I didn't watch the video and I couldn't watch the video. Um, I, For my own mental health, I had to stop watching um, these people kill us <laughs> on camera. So just the pictures in itself really just broke me down that another innocent black man died at the hands of someone else who was supposed to protect us. So it's just, it, for me, it was just, here we go again. Um, But it it, it always hits home. I have a a young black brother. I have a black father. And so I could be hashtagging their names. So it's just a harsh reality that um, really was my reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Jalen, what was your, 
reaction to you know to what's- i'll i'll start with this anthony you you mentioned this idea of we went back in a time machine and we're back into the you know the 60s but i think the reality is we never left for it to go away entirely yes things got better in some situations or they got better at hiding um, the racism, or they got better at hiding the lynchings and the right. killings and the assassinations. I don't think this is any time where we're going back to it. We're just in a different era. Mm. And I think we've seen that. You know, you have your slavery, you have segregation, and you just have no equal rights. And you go to Jim Crow. And I think now we're in an era that we don't have a name for it yet. Right. Um, when I think about, while we may think there's been progress, a lot of it is, yes, that hiding and them getting better at it, but also we have within ourselves created our, our own layers to thinking that okay, we're out of it. I got good right. credit now and I'm black. I'm not impacted. I got a good car now and I'm black. I'm not impacted. I'm in a good neighborhood. I'm not, I think that's where we kind of get to. And so when you see these videos um, and now that it's on, it's on camera like it's ever been before and you see it for nine minutes where you know he's sitting there asking, saying he can't breathe and asking for his mom. I mean, it's, it's breathtaking. It's scary. Um, but you know, yeah. all we can do now is it's, it's time for us to come together as, as a community. Um, and tackle for the rights that we know we need. No, nah, no, nah, you, you you're absolutely right. You know, um, you know, racism is just being recorded. It's always been here, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and now it's just we got cell phones to capture it all. And um, the sad part about about it all is that white supremacy is just so like to witness white supremacy in action is to me is just as worse as seeing the murder itself. The mm-hmm. injustice, the injustice is almost as worse as the murder itself. It tend, you know, if not just as impactful as the murder itself. And so it's, it's, it's disgusting to see it happening. Um, it's almost like when you see somebody, he smirked in, you know, he gave a little smirk to the camera, um, the, the, the Chauvin or whatever the hell his name is. Um, when he was kneeing my brother's neck and, you know, that smirk, that's the smirk that we get from white supremacy. That's the smirk when they, when, 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 when something like this happens and you get a, and you get a, uh, you get a, uh, what's the, what's the charge he got? Murder in the third degree manslaughter charge. That's a smirk. Yeah. That's a, that's a judicial smirk. It's like. We can do this and there's nothing you can do about it. We can change the law. It don't matter if the law is there. We can manipulate the law, change the law and do whatever we want. And I'm, you know, it's so funny. And I think I've seen you post about it. A lot of people post about it, but uh, it's the, it's the 99 year anniversary of black wall street. Mm-hmm. And to me, it symbolizes that smirk that they did before where it's like, okay, you can play by the rules and make money the way we allowed you to make money, but we're still going to come in and do something about it. We're still going to come and tear it down because somebody quote unquote raped a white woman from our neighborhood. So it's, it's to me that smirk of white supremacy on the face of white supremacy and, and, to me, that make that disgusts me just as much as the the murder itself. We know, really, it's it's this belief. For, for for me, that smirk, seeing it was him knowing that 
the law is on his side. Because when I look at law, it's, it's, it's not about what's written. It's not about what's written on paper and what's um, enacted as law by Congress. It's about right. who's interpreting it in that situation. Right. When I look back, you know, I'm from St. Louis, uh, minutes away from Ferguson. And when all of that was happening, I was on the front line protesting. And when you look back at that case, I didn't realize until recently what the deciding factor was and the officer not being charged. Mm. The deciding factor was the eyewitness, the person that they had witness it, had to move from one window to another in his bedroom or in his home. Right. And that difference of whatever length was enough for the law, for the, for the, the courts, for the jury to interpret um, it as, well, we don't know what happened and he was in his right action as an officer. Mm-hmm. And so that smirk for me, it's, it's them knowing that the person who's going to respond back to that law and who has to interpret it is going to be on their side. Exactly. Yeah, those are really, really great points. And also too, Will Smith came out with a great quote um, that kind of sums up everything you guys were saying. And he said, racism isn't getting worse. It's getting filmed. And I think that literally is it. (laughs) Um, We are continuously battling and fighting this. And, you know, there have been videos and that's still not enough. I think Mm -hmm. this video, this death is the triggering point of action for us. Because it's how many more times are we going to have proof and nothing happens? Right. Yeah. Well, right. And, and, and I think, you know, this case is, is really, not to say it's different, but I think it's the first time we've seen where the entire moment is on camera. Yeah. And so right. th- there, there, there is no way that they can say, well, in that 10 seconds, they weren't recording. You don't, you didn't see this part happen. Right. Um, and and even in, in the fact of the of the crime, quote unquote, that caused it, twenty dollars. I'm seeing where we have to see our white allies recognize that they can't find any justification on. Well, he hit them first, or he did this first. Well, they're now recognizing. Well, a twenty dollar bill isn't worth a life, and I think this right. is the first time we're going to see the world come behind. I think we are seeing the world come behind. Um, right. The death. This is this is a good transition into the next kind of topic I wanted to bring it into, which is white allies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just, <laughs> I just want to talk about white allies. Like what is, in your opinion, Jalen, what is a white ally and how should they, how can white people effectively, in, in your opinion, contribute or should mm-hmm. they even try to contribute in any way? Like what, what does allyship look like in your opinion? So, you know, I, I look at it, I just had a conversation and I use this analogy, uh, crawl, walk, run into what white allyship is. That crawl is first acknowledging your privilege and, and first acknowledging that we have to put an emphasis on black lives in this season. Um, we talked about earlier, I think we're seeing for the first time, you know, brands realize and recognize that they, that they have to say at least black lives matter. That's the, that's the bare minimum. So that that's that that walk and that that crawl. Then for me, there's that. What's the walk? And that is how do we utilize you know our privilege and and put that into action. And so I think we're seeing that in the protest where you know you, we have our white allies not only out there protesting but they're on the front of it. So that way they can, mm. they can utilize their white protection 
um, from maybe a cop not responding as you know aggressively. I, I, I saw a video yesterday where a woman in a red dress, she um, was kind of standing by and saw a cop I coming after someone black. <laughs> and she legit walked up, took the bike from the cop and threw the cop. Yeah, and I'm I've like, seen that. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, go white girl, go white girl, go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can use that. Use that privilege, and then this next, you know, this next level, which I, I don't think we know yet. I think we have ideas, and we've not come to a like this is what it is. But it's that run is how do you then go and use the privilege, that protection, and your relationship, your network, your 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 finances to right. help us with policy um, and law and and the rebuilding. I think of the country, um, because again, I think money helps when it comes to helping those who are being impacted right. real time. Money helps with electing um, the right representatives. And I think it's also important to recognize something in this, which is a, a tangent. The right representative may not just be the black person. Right. So when we say go vote, that doesn't mean, okay, we got to go vote um, a black DA. Yeah, that's great. Except for, I love President Barack Obama. We had a black president. We had black, you know, um, we had, we had, we had black legislative, we had, we had, we had a black leadership when it came, when it came to criminal justice at the uh, federal level. But right. I think now we also have to look at, okay, great. How do we support them with the policy that may not be a black senator? It might be, it may just be someone who understands the need of what the conversation has to be. And at the same time, ensuring that the person um, isn't going after the black vote just for it being a black vote. And that they actually have, they, they care for it. And that's black or white person. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that that's my my crawl, walk, run belief. I like and that. Step up. I like that. I mean, my my opinion um, is sort of similar. You know, I did see. You know, I definitely think a true way to be an ally is to put yourself on the front line. Um, and and what I mean by that is, yeah, go ahead. You know, when I seen that video, I seen another video online where it was a whole bunch of white women standing in front of the protesters. And mm. that might have been the same thing you saw. But to me, I was like, oh, wow, that works because <laughs> they're not going to like these policemen are not going to get aggressive and get wild and buck crazy on all of these white women and like that. They're not going to do that. And I was like, yeah, that's one way to definitely use your privilege. The other is I seen this quote online um, when people was talking about VCs when it came to this uh, whole um, uh, situation, and it was like you know, you either hire or you wire. <laughs> so <laughs> yep. like that's the that's that's how <laughs> that's allyship. You hire or wire. If you're in a position where you can hire a African American or a black person who's completely capable, we're not saying hire people who aren't qualified. What's happening is black people are overqualified, most black people, and they still don't get the the job or anything like that. And so you either hire black, but then you wire black too, because there are a lot of founders who are more than capable in, in overperforming, got the metrics, has the decks, got the the stats, the the they have the traction, all of those things to get a term sheet from an investor, but yet they don't get that term sheet. So do you want to solve the problem? You either hire or wire. Well, <laughs> so, and, 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 and to add to that, it's hire and give the appropriate authority. 
Don't mm. go hire someone black just to say I hired a black person and they're right, assistant. right, right. You know, right. if there, there's an old video, a TED talk with Millie Hobson, and she talks about, you know, how a lot of these companies have to create, I think I want to say it was Nike. He's like, for every job that we have, I want, you know, a black candidate on the slate at, a, you know, at minimum. And someone said, hey, okay, so do you want us to hire the, the best person or the black person? Mm. And his exec says, yes. You know, yes is the answer. Hire the <laughs> best. And that doesn't mean they can't be black. And so we have to ensure that in those positions of authority at that executive leadership table, that there is someone black. Um, and it, it doesn't mean we have to, have to go say, I'm hiring a black person, but it's ensuring that you're qualifying black people and you're not disregarding the application because of their black and you're making up other excuses for why they don't fit it. And then if you're going to wire black, ensure that you're actually giving equal amount of money and freedom to black founders in the same way that you will someone who graduated from Stanford with a white parent who gave them a loan for a million dollars. I'm going to need so like a, the insurance. I'm going to need like some hand clap sound effects, <laughs> something to be pressing while we talking. I'm like, yo, my man's spitting right now. So, oh my gosh. Uh, you got this. Amanda? I think for me, it looks like having conversations. I think a lot of times we have conversations as a black community with each other, mm-hmm. right? So if my Facebook is 99% Black, I'm telling <laughs> the audience that already knows the issues, yeah. you know? And so I think that it's the same for the white community. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be an ally, you have to be very vocal. Like I do have a friend that I, I used to work with, and I've been seeing her speak very loudly about what's mm-hmm. happening um, as an ally and having those conversations um, with her friends or family. And to me, I'm like, thank you. Mm-hmm. Because they're going to hear it from you. They may not hear it from me. Um, and so I think for me, it's like also in-house. Because you can call it systemic. You can call it generational. But this racism <laughs> is just stems as far as our grandparents, you know. Yeah. And you saying you have, you know, a, a lineage that's still alive right now. And so do they. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we really have to get to the root of the problem. And that's also dealing with the head on and they have to start dealing with the head on as well. Right. And, and right. having the conversation with us, um, exactly. being in a space to listen and, and opening up their hands while they listen. Um, exactly. Because I think we also deal with that white guilt sometimes where it's like, Oh my God, I'm sorry. I'm wrong. And they start defending themselves and apolog- yeah. being, being apologetic versus just listen to how we feel and, and what my concerns are. And let's go from there. I love that. Yeah. Idea. And shout and yeah. shout out to all the, the white people who've been texting me. you know texting me saying you know i'm here for you and i really do appreciate it i really do but at the same time you know um you know i I definitely i do feel a little weird i'm I'm gonna be honest i do feel a little weird it's almost as if and while i am appreciative of it it makes it feel like my grandmother had just like died or something like it just like you know if you need anything anybody to talk to anything like i'm just it's just it's very weird for me mm-hmm. i'm i'm gonna be honest i'm gonna be transparent um and i think i appreciate it but one one thing i was talking to my brother and i i, I think i have might have mentioned this to Amanda earlier. It's almost as if people just realized mm-hmm. what's happening. Like that's the kind of tone I hear from a lot of my white peers. Is it's almost as if like 
yo, I had no idea. Mm. And you know, it just shows how blind that people were to what's going on in this country. I, I think a lot of it, I think people have, have acknowledged, they've recognized their privilege before, mm-hmm. but also they're seeing just how bad it is. Like, yes, we've heard you tell us that you're fearful of a cop pulling you over. Yes, we've heard you respond to the shooting of, you know, Michael Brown or Trayvon Martin, mm-hmm. but this is the first time some of them can really look and see that, oh, he wasn't being aggressive. He wasn't attacking. Like, this is, I think, I, I, I really think this is the first time some of them can see something on camera that they can fully, you know, trust and believe that, oh, crap, he <laughs> literally did nothing. Exactly. Definitely. I think it's moving from being sympathetic to having empathy now, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and they're starting to realize like, whoa, I've been having a cover over my eyes mm-hmm. for the last 50, 70 years. Yeah. Right. Did you guys see that picture online of the, the, the millennial kids eating brunch while they were looking yeah. at um, people marching? Oh yeah. I saw that. <laughs> Yo, and that's, yeah. that's, that's pretty much where a lot of people, the world they were in, you know, and, mm-hmm. One of them even looked ashamed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was just like, "Let me put like down it. this avocado toast." Yeah, let me put this avocado <laughs> toast now. But um, one last topic before we wrap it up, and I thought this one would be an interesting topic. There seems to be two sides of this debate going on right now, and that's the debate of should celebrities be speaking up. And I feel like there are a lot of people who people feel like should be speaking. Like you saw, like you just talked about the CEOs from a, several, you know, large companies. They feel they need to come out and speak. Um, you see, some celebrities are scared to speak. They don't want to mess up their their online is you know IG aesthetic. You know, you got influencers <laughs> who are who are scared to speak on it. Influencers who benefit from black yeah. community and quote and listen to hip hop and want to you know, benefit from our culture and have benefited from our culture. Do you, you know, what side of the debate are you on? You know what I mean? Do you mm-hmm. feel like they should talk or do you, do you think it's okay for people to be quiet if they're working in the background? Like what, what do you stand on all of this Jalen? So I, I think first, um, I think the answer is not about, purely what I want. I think it's about what the collective community wants. And we're going to see that in that larger action. And so when you see someone, um, you know, in the black community, make a comment, I mean, we, we saw it this weekend. I'm not going to say any names, but we saw their, their, their Twitter profile go from a million to, you know, 1.2 million followers to 550,000 followers in a day because their comment in the black community as a black comedian was not aligned with the larger black community. Um, and the, the language and positioning was right. So I, I think what we're going to see is, I think ultimately the collective is going to make that decision. But I think also, again, we can't say saying anything is enough. Like just tweeting about it, just posting about it is not enough. Like the person I really respected, and I think in this, I was upset with that first, was Jay-Z. I think mm. we, we, we saw Beyonce make her post and we've seen Jay-Z kind of go into this world of, I'm going to go help the NFL and, be this guy and use my authority and really okay great where's jay-z at in the midst of the george floyd situation and the first time i heard any mention from directly about him was about him calling the governor of minneapolis 
and saying, hey, you know, I'm a black dad, I'm a black uncle, I'm a black man. This is how we feel as a community. And here's what you have to do. And I can't say, you know, did that conversation lead to the case being given to the state's um, state attorney? I don't know directly, but it was in that same moment of announcement that the governor acknowledged Jay-Z and acknowledged that the case is being turned over. So I think it's important that we recognize, yeah, there is great to be vocal, but it's also great if you have the ability to go make a phone call because of your positioning, white or black, use that platform and it's putting the action. Because again, as I said earlier, and I told, I, I, I use this analogy with the pastor today, you praying about it and you talking about it is just the faith. And we know that faith without works is dead. So yes, you can talk about it, pray about it, all that, but what's the action you're putting behind it? So if your only thing is action and it actually means something and you actually do change something, I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I a hundred percent agree with that. Um, I was one of those people who came out and I even put it out on Instagram. I was like, yo, where Jay-Z at? <clears throat> cause he, cause he really was super vocal about where he stood on the whole, you know, Colin Kaepernick um, situation. Yeah. And so I was like, well, no man. And, 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 and I'm gonna be honest. I'm still a little iffy. Cause I'm like, all right, I understand he has to move in silence because you, you're damned. If you do, you're damned. If you don't, I get it. Like, you know, you're Jay-Z people are going to criticize everything, no matter what. Um, but I was just, I just felt like you still, you still owe the public, not an apology to Kaepernick, but more so just like, yo, like acknowledge Mm -hmm. that the work this man was doing actually wasn't over. Like there's still much more to do. And cause, cause the words that Jay-Z is infamous for now is we're past that. We passed the kneeling Mm -hmm. and that's going to stick with him for a very long time. And so unless he, and this was a moment in my opinion for him to come out and say, you know what? We not passed the kneeling. Like we got a lot more work to do. We got a lot more work and this is what I plan to do about it. And so he don't owe me that. He don't owe nobody that, you know, I'm just saying that I would have felt really good about that personally, because I I did think he threw Kaepernick a little bit under the bus with that whole thing. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I agree with that. So, I, you know, I just feel like, you know, it's like when people say like, you know, watch how, you know, people will treat you like, don't apologize. If you, if you embarrass me in public, don't apologize in private. It's like, it's like, nah, man, make that apology known that you can't just put me on blast in front of the world and then give me a phone call and say, I'm sorry. (laughs) You got it. Nah, you know? And so I, I, I think, but I'm with you 100% when you said, yo, like, because to me, actions do speak louder. And if people are making, if you are effective, there's a difference between being loud and being effective. Yeah. And if you are effective and you speak soft, well, be the softest, effective person I know then. Like, yo, you know, whatever, whatever gets the job done. Yeah. And so well, and, and, here's, and here's what I'll add, Anthony, on that point. And I'll, I promise I'll, I'll end it there on my end. I think... <laughs> It's, it's also important for our Black um, influencers, celebrities, elected officials to not disregard any actions that, uh, of people mm. uh, of the community. So one thing I, I hated with a passion was on one of the press conferences, the uh, mayor of Atlanta pretty much de- de- um, tore apart the activities of the protesters who, who went above and beyond the protests with uh, rioting action. And as a result of that, 
every non-white ally was able to say, hey, look what your black elected, you know, black official said. She said, mm-hmm. don't do this. Mm-hmm. But I think if, if the tables were turned and it was her black son that was killed in that same way, she wouldn't be saying, hey, guys, don't do this. She's focused on the mourning and the healing and, and how, to, how do we make that change? And I think we have to understand that people's expression of frustration and anger in the entire spectrum from zero to a hundred is fully justified. Can I say, go do it? I can't, but can I say, I understand it. I can. And it's not my right or my position as a black man with influence to say on national TV or in a public forum, the way you're demonstrating your anger to get changed because you're frustrated is wrong. Right. 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 Gems, man. (laughs) Go ahead, Amanda. I mean, yeah, you guys really said a lot of great points. I think for me, like you said, Anthony, it's like you damned if you do, damned (laughs) if you don't uh, type of situation, especially with us. We are the creators of the cancel culture. Oh, yeah. So we will cancel you in two seconds. So it is hard um, to move that way. But right now you got to read the room. I'm sorry. Mm I'd rather you say do not say nothing on Instagram and show me your pockets, you know? <laughs> like, don't say something you think is going to, you know, stir or provoke some emotion from me. And, and it misses, you know? That, that's where I'm at with that. Um, even I saw recently, like, Floyd Mayweather. You know, he's somebody that's flashy and this and that. We don't really expect much from him word-wise. But he called up George's mother and said, I'm going to pay for the funeral. So it's, it's things like that I think we have to see as a community sticking together yeah, and, and rallying together as a whole um, instead of tearing us apart. Um, and I think from the brand perspective, certain brands do have to say something, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, Target came out and said, I'm, I'm with the people, right? We all know in the boardroom, they're tight, they're angry, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're upset. But at the same time, they have to have that sediment. Like we do have black shoppers. And they're going through something right now. And, and this is a material thing that we can rebuild. In reality, so they had insurance for it. Right. <laughs> so they definitely had insurance for, for the loss, right? So I think certain brands, I saw Netflix came out with something, right? They have a whole strong Black lead. So they have to come out and say that we stand with you. I think it's important for us to see that. When you give, them, when you give a brand your money, <laughs> you want to make sure you're giving the right people money. Yeah. So, but I think when it comes to influencers and, and, and celebrities, like you mentioned, words are words and, and actions are actions. And so we need to see more action, right. <laughs> right. you know, we need to see words and actions, but more on the action um, perspective, because that's what's going to push the needle forward. Um, like we started the conversation with what's next, right? Mm-hmm. So we can come together, we can kumbaya, but what are you doing to help? change this narrative as somebody that benefits from the narrative (laughs) you know you're you're you know you're in your stories you're in your lives you're you know making jokes about the culture that we laugh at because we've experienced it but this is also an experience as well that we have to talk about and you have to read the room um and and so that's kind of how i i feel with with that yeah so what i would like that is amazing that was amazing what i want to do is i want to start with you amanda um, and it's kind of on the spot, but I feel like 
what's one what's one action step you want to give to the listener to any listener um you know that they can walk away with you know for this for this situation for this moment like what's one action step you think people should take for me what i want to try to do and become better with is like jalen mentioned is understanding your elective officials um i think voting is something that in the black community, we don't do enough of, and I don't want to say it's it's only the voting, mm-hmm. um, because if you're racist, you're racist. But I think that I want to pay attention more on who am I voting for? Do my research about the people that is supposed to be supporting me. Um, and like I had a conversation with Anthony this weekend about the mayor of Newark. And he was telling me about how he started and he was in the trenches and he was in the communities that he's from there. Um, and sometimes you don't get enough of that. Yeah. So I, I think I really want to pay attention to who am I voting for? And that's something I think we all need to do a little bit better mm-hmm. on, on those positions that not we don't think about on an everyday basis. Um, you know, and so I think that's something that um, I want to start implementing better of. And, and I think that that's a good next step as well. Cool. That's and great. then Jalen, I know it's like a million different steps, but if you had to choose <laughs> one, because I mean, clearly it is a million different steps. Yeah. Like there's to, to, to put it in one step is almost impossible. But if you had to choose mm-hmm. the most, if you had to choose the, the priority step in your opinion, what, yeah, what, so- what would you say? I would say I think it's 100%, and I think this, this, this is overarching to anything that we can say, and it's, it's stay on and keep pushing. Mm. You have to remain consistent with the pressure coming out of these, um, these killings, these assassinations, these murders by people we, we, we trust to protect us or we're supposed to trust to protect us. So we have to continue to stay on and stay active and continue to say we want justice and we want our, our rights next week, next month, two months from now, we can't allow it to stop once CNN leaves. Right. We can't allow it to stop once it stops trending on Twitter. Right. We have to keep the pressure on our government, our elected officials, um, our, our private companies to give us the rights, um, the justice, the equality, and the equity that we, that we, that we, we know and expect um, that we should have as a black community. Right. Nah, that's, that's, you know, just to piggyback on that, that was going to be, you know, my, that was, I was actually about to say the same thing. Um, and so it was basically like black (laughs) bodies are not trending topics. Mm -hmm. Um, and because the, the word in itself, when we break it down, trending topics, the word trending trends die. Mm -hmm. Trends are born to die. And so, uh, they don't stay around. And that's a huge problem. It's like the reason why these movements that that have happened, you know, 20, 50, 100, 11 years ago, still irrelevant today is because they weren't trending topics. They were mm-hmm. they were cultural movements that changed and shaped and altered history. And while I'm not taking away um that impact the impact of what's happening today and how it will impact the future because it surely will um but you know everything's a new cycle mm-hmm. you know today everything's a new cycle today look how many people are talking about COVID 19 
Right. Like, it's almost like people yeah. forgot about it. It's not yeah. even like a thing anymore. I mean, we know it's still here. Clearly, it's still killing people. But it's almost like it disappeared, you know? And and that's the way our world works. We move from topic to topic to topic to moment to moment to moment. And we can't allow our Black bodies to become a fad. We mm-hmm. have to we have to make it forever. Um and so forever, that's forever. yeah, that's it. Man, well, so you know, before we head out, how you know, first of all, Jalen, you have been masterful on this podcast. Um we're bringing you back anyway because hey. we gotta do a legit no pressure <laughs> business episode. Uh, but it. but thank you for the jumping on with me last minute. How can people um find you online and hit you up or respond to you or check out some of the stuff that you're working on. Definitely. So everything on all social, uh, it's Jalen Bledsoe, J-A-Y-L-E-N Bledsoe, B-L-E-D-S-O-E. You can throw an at in front of that, throw a .com behind it, and you can find me anywhere on the web. There you go. And and Amanda, do you want people to find you? (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say the same thing. You good? Ah, uh, you good? Uh, I'm good. You know, maybe maybe you'll tag me and I'll post it too, but you know, I'll leave it at that. Okay, cool. I want to thank both of you for coming on this show. You guys, listen, we all know this could have been a million other more topics that we could have discussed for this, but it's so impossible because of the time constraint. We don't want this to be too long, but um, maybe we'll have a part. Maybe we have a part two of this. I think I think we might need to get you know I was talking with Amanda we were thinking about starting the podcast called Roundtable for the Culture so you know I think if that's something the people want let me know and we'll start it up but uh, Jalen Amanda thank you so much thank you and thank you guys for listening. <laughs>